You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I've partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoppinStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoppinStore.com. DearHoppinStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest, uh, Dr. Pam Smith. She's an MD. She has a master's in public health and uh, a master's degree in metabolic and nutritional medicine. And uh, she is uh, very, very much involved with uh, teaching doctors uh, as well as in uh, working as the director of the Center for Personalized Medicine. Uh, she's an LDN specialist, low-dose naltrexone, with the LDN Research Trust website, ldnresearchtrust.org, for more information about LDN. And so the question I uh, need to pose is, uh, a lot of patients with autoimmune diseases, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease and rheumatoid arthritis, uh, MS, uh, many of them are on medications. Uh, sometimes they're just on old-fashioned steroids. They're on prednisone. Uh, sometimes they're on powerful immunosuppressant drugs, uh, so-called biological medications like Humira. Uh, is LDN effective in that setting, or do patients have to get off those before LDN can be employed? What a great question, truly. From the viewpoint of actual counterindications, why you can't take uh, LDN. Acute hepatitis and liver failure, you can't. Okay. If the patient abuses alcohol, that is a counterindication. And the other is if they're on recent or current opioids. When you say uses so alcohol, another I mean, word, so you can't have a uh, like a beer on, on weekends or a glass of wine a couple of nights per week, you really have to be on a strict prohibition or is it, we're talking real heavy, heavy users? We're talking about abuse, okay. and no one's really defined that. But certainly by the time you went to a third drink every night, mm -hmm. I think okay. most people would agree that that's probably not a great idea. Okay, okay. So that's that's a little bit of an outlier circumstance. Uh, and so then, and what about medications? Are there medications that kind of wash out its effects? No, not that we've discovered. I mean, there's potential things people have talked about. They've talked about liver and kidney toxicity. Honestly, I discuss it with the patients as a potential long-term side effect. I have not seen it. Mm -hmm. In many medications we use for pain control, they have what we call a tolerance effect, where you have to give more and more, or a rebound effect where it doesn't work. Haven't seen that either. Mm -hmm. So when people get side effects beside insomnia, like vivid dreams and fatigue. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard vivid dreams. Yes, I have heard that. Nausea, hair thinning, mood swings, mild disorientation. In my experience so far, all of those have been dose-dependent. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I think most people would agree with that that work with LDN a lot. So in my patients who've had nausea, hair thinning, vivid dreams, et cetera, they don't stay on 4.5 milligrams. Mm-hmm. We go down to three milligrams or one milligram. Right. In fact, for all my patients with COVID, even if they have mild symptoms, I've been giving them LDN one milligram for two weeks, mm-hmm. just for the mild. We mm-hmm. give higher doses for moderate and severe disease. It's done very, very well. In my personal practice with LDN at one milligram, the people that started it as soon as they got COVID so far, and again, so far, I have not seen those people become long haulers because we settled down that inflammatory cytokine storm before it actually happened. So, so you would give it almost, you used the word before, prophylactically, preventively uh, in the aftermath of COVID to uh to interdict this long hauler syndrome, and uh, is is that under study or any? Because this is getting a lot of attention. Any serious uh, research bodies doing work on LDN as part of a concerted effort to reduce uh, long hauler syndrome? There are some people that have put in for what we call in medicine the IRB, mm-hmm. where we can study officially. Uh, so we'll see if we get an IRB to do that. Um, you mentioned earlier MS. MS is a fascinating disease. It is an autoimmune disease. So we still start with no gluten. In the case with MS, we say no dairy as well. And there's a lot of great conventional therapies for MS, but there's a lot of great precision or personalized medicine approaches, mm-hmm. ranging from not just how the patient eats, but fish oil and vitamin D and alpha lipoic acid and glutathione and obviously LDN. I mean, there's many different ways to look at that as well. We do think there's an infectious component or reactivation of different viruses in some or perhaps all people that have long haul. They may have a reactivation of other viruses that they've had previously. Mm-hmm. That's being looked at as well. But if you look at almost anything right now that's inflammatory in the medical literature, there's at least a case report that we're looking at low-dose naltrexone as part of the treatment armamentarium. I think it's really ideal for MS, and all my MS patients get uh, LDN, and it, it's been really successful for them. Uh, what about you know a, a very, very common disease for which there really are no good treatments, fibromyalgia? Uh, any research on that? Uh, and obviously, you utilize it for your patients with uh, fibromyalgia. I do. And there is some research now on fibromyalgia dash chronic fatigue and the use of low-dose naltrexone. It's kind of interesting when you look at fibromyalgia. Like many diseases, it's a multifactorial issue. So with fibro, it is an autoimmune disease. So the same thing, fix the gut, take the patient off of gluten, low-dose naltrexone, but it's also a disease process that has a mitochondrial problem. So we do go back and refuel the mitochondria, the engines of the body. It's kind of like looking at a Mercedes and putting low-octane fuel in that. It would not break down early, die early, That's what happens to the body when the mitochondria dysfunction or don't work as well. 
So we give many things for that. We give magnesium and CoQ10 and alpha-lipoic acid. And for people who have normal TMAO levels, we give them L-carnitine. Mm -hmm. So 1% of the population does not have a normal TMAO, and those people we don't give carnitine to. We give D-ribose, NADH. But with fibro, as you know, and I'm sure you do in your practice, you have to refuel the mitochondria. Uh, from David Brownstein's work, 95% of people with fibromyalgia have thyroid dysfunction. Most of those are hypothyroid. Mm -hmm. Some and of them sometimes have not obvious from standard tests, right? No, and I'll come back to that in a second. 100% of those people have abnormal cortisol, which is measured by a saliva test. Um, coming back to thyroid, you have to measure all of thyroid. I know a lot of doctors just measure a TSH and they call it quits. But you also have to look at free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and thyroid antibodies. Then you can better determine if the patient has normal thyroid function or not. Indeed. Yeah, those are some of the nuanced uh, things that uh, functional medicine doctors do when they see these types of patients. Um, tell us about your uh, upcoming book, uh, which is entitled Back to Your Immunity, uh, just out. And obviously with uh, some implications for the current challenge that we face, pandemic. Absolutely. It's actually written in three parts. So I wasn't planning on writing this book. I was going to write a book on autoimmune diseases. And then when COVID hit, uh, my publisher at Square One Publishing, uh, Rudy Schur, convinced me that I should write a book on maximizing your immunity. So it's called Max Your Immunity. I am so glad I wrote this book. Part one has to do with your immune system. And most people don't even know anything about the immune system. It has two parts. It has the innate immune system that you're born with, and that's the one that attacks the virus or a toxin uh, immediately upon exposure. And then you have the adaptive immune system that produces antibodies and T and B lymphocytes when after a period of time, the body needs to get rid of that toxin or infection. Uh, it looks at how the immune system is measured it looks at the first part on the aging process of the immune system. As people age, the immune system does not work as well, and that's called immunosenescence. So it looks at that, all of that in the first part. In the second part, we look at 10 key things that can help you build your immune system. And, of course, we have a whole chapter on inflammation and its effect on the immune system and we go into LDN at length. Okay. And you devoted an entire chapter to it in the book, right? We did because inflammation, I mean, every disease, every disease that hits anybody after the age of 45 is inflammatory in nature. So actually in the book, I talk about treating AIDS and ALS and atopic dermatitis and cancer and COVID and Crohn's, dry eyes, eczema, uh, fibromyalgia, herpes, irritable bowel, Lyme disease, MS, Parkinson's, just constant itching, psoriasis, rosacea, and much more with LDN. Mm. Uh, we oh, talk about, it really is quite a list. I mean, it's, they're all inflammatory. Uh, every form of memory loss is inflammatory in nature. 
Alzheimer's or not. So that LDN is great for that. Uh, we talk about sugar intake. Uh, sugar causes an inflammatory response. Uh, so more on that as well. So 10 things to help you build your immune system is part two. And then part three looks at herbal therapies and nutritional therapies to build your immune system. Some can be used short-term, some can be used long-term. And we talk about the pros and cons of that. But some you don't want to take forever because then you get a, a hyperimmune system, which is what an autoimmune disease is. Indeed. Okay, folks, at this point, uh, let's allow one of our sponsors to share this vital message with you. Here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. Now back to today's guest, Dr. Pamela Smith. You talked earlier about the compatibility of LDN with some of the medications used for autoimmunity, uh, steroids and biological medications. Uh, when it comes to cancer, uh, you say LDN has some applications, but a lot of patients with cancer are getting chemo, radiation, and now immunotherapy. Uh, does uh, LDN uh, play well with some of these conventional therapies, or is there you know, a time to a time to uh, hold or a time to fold when it comes to that? That's also a great question, and that will depend on who you ask for a number of reasons. Certainly, the studies have shown that LDN does not interfere with any of those medications. However, some oncologists feel uncomfortable in using LDN on the same day the patient is having chemo. And so for those patients, we actually start and stop LDN we have them take it for up until the day before chemo. They don't take it the day before chemo, the day they receive chemo, or the day after. Then they start back up again. Some of my patients take it right through chemo. It will depend on their oncologist and how comfortable they are with chemotherapy. I have a patient who has uh, uh, a fibromyalgia-like uh, disorder, and uh, he is taking fairly high doses of OxyContin, which is an opiate medication. And had he not been taking that, I would have readily prescribed LDN. Uh, does, does LDN not uh, knock out some of the, the pain-relieving benefits of uh, opiate medications? Is, it, is that a situation where you want to withhold it or at least wean people down? Well, it's certainly a counterindication to the use of LDN. Okay. I tend to be an extremely conservative practitioner. You know, people have their comfort level. I will always give the most conservative answer. So if someone's on an opioid, I do not prescribe LDN. Okay. That's what I thought. Some people will wean them down and do baby doses of the opioid and baby doses of LDN. Uh, it's really better if the patient's not on an opioid of any variety. Mm -hmm and taking LDN at the same time. 
I think a lot of people get confused because they're taking pain relievers. There are some uh, that are pretty powerful pain relievers, but they're not opioids. You know, things like uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. So let's be clear, it only applies to some of these powerful uh, addictive drugs that people are given for chronic pain, right? So you can take it with non-steroidals, you can take it with steroids. And in patients who've been hospitalized with COVID uh, that ended up on steroids because of lung disease, et cetera, we have many of them that we have put while they're on steroids. They use LDN at the same time. So they really have two things, the steroids and LDN that are decreasing the inflammation. And actually, they have worked very well together. Tell us a little bit about LDNResearchTrust.org. Uh, it's a place where you can find out more about LDN, but it also seems like an advocacy organization, right? It is an advocacy organization. Uh, everyone who works with the trust donates their time. Uh, our goal really is healthy patients and to help people be healthy, stay healthy, help with pain control, uh, and really just provide some different avenues that are extremely scientifically researched, but really don't always get a lot of play in the media. And I applaud the LDN Trust for doing that and all the people that are involved with the trust. Again, we do all donate our time, and there are many of us involved worldwide um, because all these diseases are a worldwide problem. And when it comes to availability of uh, LDN, you know, it's not, you know, we often talk on television medicine about vitamins and supplements and, you know, you can just, you know, find them online or go to a nutritionally oriented pharmacy. Uh, but you can't just walk up to the counter and ask for LDN, right? You got to get it prescribed. You do have to have it prescribed. Uh, so again, in the United States and actually North America, uh, it is compounded as it is in most of the world. Uh, but the good news is there's compounding pharmacies everywhere. Uh, you just have to find a practitioner uh, that is familiar with it. And at the LDN Trust, uh, they certainly have a nice list of, of practitioners that are used to working with LDN, depending on what the disease process is. We have listeners all over the world. And uh, one listener uh, queried me a few years back, I think when around the time you were on, and said, that sounds really great. I have multiple sclerosis. So where can I get it in the UK? Is is are there some countries where it's not readily available, or is it now pretty pretty much uh, uh, global? It's pretty much global. In the UK, it's a little bit different. Uh, a lot of things that are compounded are actually there under manufacturing laws, as opposed to pharmacy laws. So it may be a little more complicated in England, for example, but you can still find LDN and be treated with LDN. It really is not such a heavy-duty medication. I think the side effects are very limited, and you know I think that uh, strictures against prescribing it uh, aren't very reasonable. Uh, you know, at worst, uh, patients may sometimes not tolerate the highest doses, and they do fine on a half a milligram or one milligram, which is less than the standard 4.5 milligrams that we usually dispense. Um, so, uh, any new research on the horizon that you're uh, anticipating results from? I think most of it is going to be in COVID long haulers and the use of LDN and the other treatments that I talked about. Uh, it's a virus. Viruses don't leave us. They just keep mutating again. Uh, so COVID will be with us long term. Uh, and at least according to several medical trials, 80 to 85% of people are getting some symptom 
of COVID long haul, it is commonly an inflammatory response. Uh, so if we can get people interested in ways of decreasing inflammation, and certainly LDN works, most people are able to take it. And in my own personal practice, you know, I have patients anywhere from 0.1 milligram to 4.5 milligrams. Uh, so there's quite a wide range uh, of people taking 4.5, probably half my practice. Uh, the rest are taking less. Uh, just depending on tolerance, side effects, et cetera. Um, but it, it seems to work with every inflammatory process we've tried so far. And COVID long haul is a hugely inflammatory disease process. Indeed. And one of the things that uh, I've discovered is uh, in patients who have inflammatory skin conditions, uh, atopic dermatitis, uh, even psoriasis, uh, itchy skin conditions that can drive people crazy, uh, it can be helpful. It really can be helpful. It's very beneficial. If you take the patient off of gluten and you fix their gut and start low-dose naltrexone, we have fabulous results with psoriasis, rosacea, atopic dermatitis, and even acne. I mean, if you do those three things, it's amazing. It's like night and day. And for psoriasis, uh, commonly we use low-dose naltrexone orally and topically. If they have a psoriatic plaque, like on the elbow, they just can't get rid of, then we can also write a prescription for topical low-dose naltrexone and put it right on the skin. Topical low-dose naltrexone. That's very interesting. And how is that uh, formulated? Uh, you know, is, you just take 4.5 and dissolve it in some ointment, or is there some secret sauce to that? It's usually 1% that is commonly used as a topical. Mm-hmm. And uh, the base that it's put in will depend on what disease process. I commonly put things like that in a, a base called Zematop, spelled with an X, Zematop, and I specify my bases. And the reason I choose Zematop to put LDN for those diseases is Zematop is an anti-inflammatory, uh, anti-allergy type of base. Mm-hmm. So we use it for people with sensitive skin. Interesting. And so you'll, you'll kind of treat them from the inside out and the outside in simultaneously. And it kind of makes sense because there are uh, pain receptors, there are opiate receptors in the skin, and that's the basis for painful and itchy skin conditions. So that that kind of makes a lot of sense. It works wonderfully. Oh, that's great. Well, it's great. So, look, congratulations on you know, you know being out in front on this uh, very promising therapy. I know that you're one of the earliest adopters. Just a historical note: uh, you're aware that. Uh, uh, that uh, a, a doctor named Bernard Bahari here in New York uh, in the 1980s, when I first began practice, uh, was one of the first doctors to advocate for LDN. And he exclusively was treating uh, HIV patients with it. Uh, can, you, can you recall that history for us? I can. It's one of the first uses of LDN. Uh, it works great in any virus that has an inflammatory component, and, and that would include HIV. So fortunately, he actually figured that out, and one of the very first people who used it in the world. Uh, it works great in HIV as well. Right. I, You know, he was a, a little older even then, and he's long since uh, deceased, I believe. But he was a real pioneer in the use of it. I remember in the 80s when we were kind of grappling around for ways to treat HIV before the advent of uh, effective antiviral medications that kind of keep it at bay. 
that was one of our, our strategies. And it was very popular. It was, you know, popularized in the, in the uh, gay press in New York uh, as a potentially life-saving therapy. Uh, it, it wasn't a panacea or a cure, obviously, but it was, it, it, it then kind of receded, uh, after, uh, uh, HIV became less of a, a highlighted problem. And then it, and then it became resurrected again, uh, in the two thousands. So it's, it's had a really interesting and, and long history of use. It has. Um, but again, if you think about it, almost every chronic disease is inflammatory in nature, so thank goodness that several doctors in the 80s started looking at it for different disease processes. Uh, there really is a lot in the medical literature now to support the use of LDN for almost any inflammatory condition you can think of. Indeed. All right. Well, great stuff. And uh, t- tell us a little bit about yourself uh, personally. You're in uh, active pra- uh, practice. Uh, can patients contact you? Well, I do have a practice in Michigan. We also have offices in Florida. Uh, we're the Center for Precision Medicine. Uh, and you can certainly, you know, get on our website and we're, myself and my partners are happy to see you. Uh, we're also happy to refer you to a doctor in your area that uses LDN as well. Uh, so please avail yourselves of our website and we're happy to either see you ourselves or send you to people who are have had a long history of using LDN. Who are LDN literate. And what's that website again? Uh, actually, it's Center for Precision Medicine. Center for Precision Medicine.com. And then there's, of course, the LDN Research Trust.org, uh, where uh, you can find out more about uh, LDN. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Smith, for joining us once again. And uh, all the best to you on your book, your book available, uh, usual sources, Max Your Immunity. Very timely. Uh, you can find Max Your Immunity at any major bookstore, Amazon, etc. It really is a nice reference guide uh, that is written for people to understand on helping their immune system be balanced. So Max Your Immunity. Thank you very much for the opportunity to do this interview today. It's, it's my great pleasure. Thank you very much, Dr. Smith. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.